Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 200.5 of Smart Enough Know Better. We are a podcast of science and comedy and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Gregoire. And last episode, Gregoire, I teased a big announcement. Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. I'm a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> Excellent. This will be the final episode of Smart Enough. No, no, I'm what kidding. The- psych. Psych. <laughs> No, good news. We have a brand new mascot for the podcast. You may have already seen them in the podcast artwork, listeners. It is the smart enough to know better tortoise. Hey, I did we um I know we talked a little bit about this. Did we We did. We discussed how we needed a logo, we needed yeah. a refresh, and yeah. I sorted that all out. Oh, okay, cool. Because tortoises, your- Gregoire. Tortoises. <laughs> You've moved ahead, obviously. Cool. Tortoises. <laughs> Okay, yes, tortoises. Like science, are synonymous with philosophy. The world was thought to ride on the back of a tortoise. A tortoise once fell on a philosopher's head. The journey of science and the journey of tortoises Mm -hmm. are the same, and that will be reflected in our new logo and our new partnership. Yes, I I got a tortoise involved and made a deal so I could use their likeness. (laughs) So... I should probably. I have not show- seen this logo, listeners. I have oh, no I idea. Can sh- I can show you that. Hang on, I'll just <laughs> open up the chat window. I'm a little bit excited and by this myself. See. <laughs> I see. Um, that's a. You sound delighted. <laughs> that's not. Wow. You like it because he- he's got a hoodie, but it's also his shell. It's his. Sh- yes. Is yeah. it meant? Is it meant to look quite as? Um, I'm going to use the word malevolent. He's smiling. He's, He's happy sm- about science. He's happy about science. Look, I love it. I, I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to roll with this. I, I think it's got an, an energy to it uh, that... <laughs> yeah. Well, not only does it have an energy, but more importantly, it reinforces that all those other podcasts who whoosh by every week mm-hmm. are the hairs of the podcast world. And your old friends Greg and Dan will keep on producing slow and steady and win the race of science communication. <laughs> Look, I am here for it. Done. I just I just realized so, uh, I just realized that on the logo what I thought were his tiny little arms were actually the hoodie strings. I thought I had t- I thought yeah, he had yeah, tiny little arms. Strings. Yeah, yeah, the hoodie oh. string. That makes sense. Oh, I, th- that, I thought he had that's made me bad at communicating science. Though, but- <laughs> no, well, no, no, we'll- no. It makes sense. It makes sense. I can see what it is Good. now. My yeah. brain went, yeah. wait, oh, no, no, it's a hoodie. I got it now. Yes. Cool. Yeah, because little tortoise hands, they're like stumpy as yeah. all get out. Exactly. Yeah, that makes, yes, that's that's right. It makes perfect sense. Does our tortoise have a name? Oh. Does, it, does our tortoise have a name or is it just the tortoise, the, the SE2KB tortoise? It's just the SE2KB tortoise. Okay. Maybe we'll run a competition. Oh, that's a good idea. Name the tortoise when people have a look at it. Nice. Okay, not yet though. That's where can people see this tortoise? If you can't see it, listeners, uh, you can check out the website smartenough.org and it'll Ooh. be in the title because it's the new mascot. <laughs> oh, we've been taken out entirely. Oh, wow, we don't know more. None of us, everyone's sick of us. Look, 12 years, it's time for a change. I absolutely agree. It's getting a yeah, bit ridiculous. Yeah, we are embodied in the tortoise. We, we really are. 
It's true. Gregoire, I sent you back in time several years ago. Mm. Several years ago. From your perspective. I sent you. Yeah, look, I I told you there was something wrong with that time machine. Yeah, you still pushed me into it. Oh, that's true. Okay, I I take partial responsibility then. (laughs) Dan, I have been, as you requested, to Lower Egypt. To Ghana. Sorry, what? So what? To Lower Egypt. Yes, Lower Egypt. No, I sent you to the Gold Coast of Africa. Oh. at At the height of the slave trade. Oh, it oh, was I my think greatest coup de grace. <laughs> we've um we've had a bit of a TARDIS moment here then because it looks like uh, I've got the right continent. That's pretty good. Right planet, right continent. Wrong time period, mm-hmm. wrong bit of the continent. I've ended up in Lower Egypt. You've already done this in Lower Egypt, Greg. What? No, I haven't. Have you Have I? split time streams or something? Uh-oh. Let me double check the machine. Uh, which Greg am I? Which Dan okay, are you? You're a different Greg. Oh, no, no, no. I'm the I'm the proper Dan. You're a different Greg. So who's I'm, apparently done South Egypt again. So you're for the I'm, first time. I'm Greg Prime, and you're Dan A. No, 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 no. no. I'm, as always, I'm second Dan because it sounds ninja. <laughs> Well, I have gone to Lower Egypt there, but you've already done it in Lower Egypt with the other Gregoire. But this is a, this will be a different yeah, one because yeah. I haven't done it. I hope it's a good one because he came back with the wheel, and oh, I was a, most under, underwhelmed. What a what a nonsense thing to, for someone to bring back. <laughs> Let me quickly change my notes. Uh, <laughs> but yes, this version of Gregoire has returned all the way from Lower Egypt in two thousand five hundred BC. Did you did you send the other Greg to two thousand five hundred BC? Well, I assume so. I assume you're working <laughs> off the same information. Yes, well, it was that way. It was that long ago. Okay, good, good. What's the chances of doing the same thing twice? I've been also to. Uh, I wonder why there was a handsome fellow that everyone loved there. That's, that makes perfect sense. He had a wheel. Oh, it makes perfect sense now. I was no, 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 no. You, 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 that's not. That's not the concept of this fuck up. Uh, <laughs> the concept is a split right. university, and if you start f- screwing right. with that, then yep. this whole thing falls apart, and it's not my fault. Okay, so are we? So, so uh, I, I'm not allowed to screw with it. But I'm allowed to fight it. Isn't that the rule when you meet your? Anyway, stop. I'm stopping now. The point of this is. I've been sent back to Lower Egypt, 2100 BC, when the Great Pyramids of Giza are being built. Very exciting time. By real chill civilians. We real? Established, you know. Well, exactly right. There, you know, there, there was no actual slavery at that point. I mean, there may have been some slavery, but it wasn't, the pyramids were not built by slavery. People just had a lot more time to build stuff. When things flooded, they had a lot of time to do other stuff. Yep. Because they, yep. That, they only had to work. When mm. there was things that really needed to be done, they didn't have to pretend to work yes. for their boss. That's right. <laughs> slash Pharaoh. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So there's no, there was no actual slavery for, to build these pyramids. Uh, well, you wouldn't get slaves to build a pyramid. I mean, it's just, anyway, might hinder there. So I was, I've been sent back and I returned. I even returned to the right place. It was Street Bird Pointy Finger. That was the where you sent me because you made a snarky comment about it, and I was like, oh, okay, and I found it, and in Memphis, which is near modern day Cairo. So that was so I thought, well, obviously Dan meant to send me there. So actually, that's a that's a callback from many years ago, ladies and gentlemen. That's a big, but, but not in your timeline. 
Uh, no, no, it happened, happened quite recently in my timeline. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, right, yeah, so, okay. Because this story is getting convoluted, so let's not make it any more complex than it needs to be. <laughs> Sounds right. So, first up, I did actually consider the wheel. <laughs> actually did. And it's pretty easy to make a wheel and axle. That's pretty easy. But the problem with the wheel, other Gregoire, is the it's, it's all sand. It's a lot of sand. And really, they would have used a wheel if they it wasn't that they were stupid they were pretty clever people they didn't use it because it wasn't a lot of places mm-hmm. to use a wheel they used mainly the river that was my next point like well the river huh okay so ah, maybe yes the the, the nile the that's nile. important that one it floods the river in the world it does agriculture and then they you move everything on the on the river so i was like well how can i make maybe i could make their agriculture better or, or maybe i could make their trade better so I looked at their boats, and their boats have these big square sails. I was like, well, well, why do they have big square sails? Why, like, most boats don't have square sails nowadays. They have triangular sails, or what's called lateen sails. So I was like, oh, maybe I could teach them how to make triangular sails. Because triangular sails, you can reef them a lot more. They allow you, you don't just have to run with them. So you don't have to just put them up and then get pushed by the wind back and forth. You can tack a lot more easily with, with triangular sails. Is that why those rafts in Zelda are such a nightmare to control? <laughs> I guess so. So triangular sails, they can go in any direction except directly into the wind better than a square sail cat. So I was like, all right, did it. I'll teach them how to make triangular sails. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized yeah. it's, it, once again, it's not that they're stupid. These people were really good mariners or at the very least river, river traders. They didn't yep. need to. The, the Nile was north south and their winds ran a lot of the time north south. So they just didn't need to have, they didn't have to tack across anything because they're just being pushed right. by the wind. So they don't need triangular sails. It's not actually going to be any easier for them to do it. They, 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 they can't just have make, to time it right. Well, and that's, yes. And, and there's no way to tack anyway. Otherwise you get like an ev- evergreen situation and block the entire Nile River with a giant ship. What an ironic name. Well, yeah. The evergreen. What, did, what happened? Dried up resources all <laughs> around the planet. Evergreen. The Latin sails, the triangular sails, not really an answer. I was like, okay, got it. Yep. Explosives. Always fall back on blowing stuff up. So black powder. Now that came from China, right? Uh, They were the first ones to do it, but I, and in in about another thousand years, 1,300 and so years in the future, so I'd be well ahead, well ahead, well ahead, well ahead. Oh, they won't know what hit them. They really won't. So I had an idea of like, well, let's make some black powder. And then you put it into clay pots. They're really good at making clay pots. And you put some copper because they used copper as well. And then you light it and you throw it at someone and make their day very sad. Or you use it to blow up quarries or whatever you want to do. Like, so black powder. Mm. Like, let's do this. I've talked, we've done this before. We always seem to rely on guns and explosives. You know, it seems to be a way of doing it, but I, I was in it. So, all right. So how do we make black powder? Do you remember? Ooh. Oh, Jiminy. Okay. So you have to piss in some hay. That's, <laughs> there's a lot of piss involved. It's, it's, I remember that bit. It's a surprising bit. amount of piss. You, yes. You piss in some hay and you get it now. If I'm not mistaken, you get saltpeter. That's it. Yep. From it's, that? it's manure and manure and, and piss. That's apparently the things you need. Yes. Um, and it forms crystals if you leave it over time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you need, I think you need charcoal. Dust. Absolutely. You got it. And there's one other thing, and I think that's uh, fireworks. Fireworks. From the local <laughs> fireworkery. It's elemental sulfur. As you said, saltpeter, right. salt potassium nitrate. That's a whole lot of cow poo. It doesn't have to be cow poo, but they'll have a lot of it, or like livestock poo. It can be anyone's poo, really. And a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stale Any urine. Any ones, you say? You could build it off of your own. You could make your own out of, yep, 
out of your own poop. And I, I was reading online. Just keep I was, going. I'm just, I'll just be busy looking at this Hollywood map of the stars. <laughs> I actually did. When I was looking up how to make saltpeter, I I did discover that there are. There I want are, famous fireworks. <laughs> I want fireworks to go off because I harvested the urine mm. of. Uh, Danny DeVito. I don't know why. You're Danny DeVito. Yes. <laughs> When I was looking into it, I giggled. I shouldn't have giggled as much as I did, but it made me laugh a lot because there were all these survivalists or preppers in America who, you know, making their own guns and explosives and all the rest have all these skills and actually stand, well, if you're going to make your own black powder, you've got to make it yourself out of your own feces and urine. (laughs) Sure, buddy. Whatever. Good for you. Oh, Uh, no, I'm 100% on board. I love it. (laughs) I, I've, I've spent far too much of my life thinking about how I would harvest enough saltpeter to make black powder. <laughs> it's not healthy, not emotionally this would, healthy. Uh, this would make Fight Club a, a much more terrifying uh, movie than it actually is because if they were like getting all the space monkeys to harvest their their urine and, and poop to make the explosives to blow everything up instead of soap. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so saltpeter. I can make saltpeter. I can do it. I can I can poop and take 10 months and make saltpeter. No problem at all. Or three to 10 months. That's easy. It's surprisingly easy to make saltpeter. So cool. That's not... I can do that out of things I have. Charcoal. No, that's, that's just burning easy. stuff. Burning Get things. wood. You burn, burn it. it without any enough oxygen. Well, no, you, you don't even... That's, that's coking. You don't even have to do that. You've gone too far. You, you, that's what I thought too. But no, it's just burn it at a high temperature. So as high a temperature as you can get, that's just charcoal. You don't want it to be coke. You don't want to coke it. So that's getting too far. So it's just Ooh. charcoal. Easy. The but it's problem- not like char- charcoal is in like you get out of a campfire. Yeah, It's just... It's ash. No, but it's... It's, like the- it's all burned up. It's energy, right? I've watched a lot of the primitive what's it called on youtube the guy who's like silent up in oh, uh, yes, north queensland who like just makes stuff mm. and one thing he does is he bakes his charcoal in a in a sort of a kiln mm. so that it's very hot in there but there's not enough air getting in there to burn it completely so you end up with all of this it's like activated wood yeah you can look i, I maybe i'm wrong here back walk of shame but it what I looked up, all you do is burn it, and you always end up with charcoal on the outsides of the wood anyway. So but you, you're probably right, as in it, maybe that's mm. a way of getting more of it. But you do – it's not just ash. You do get charcoal on mm. unburnt, fully – not totally destroyed wood as well. So, yes, you can you can get enough charcoal okay, to do this. Because cool. it's only about 14%. Okay, well, that's then. Yeah. Let's do that. So the last one is sulfur. I was like, okay, cool. We should – maybe we should make some gunpowder he recorded into a live microphone. <laughs> Let me. I'll. I'll get into something later on about this. I was. Um. Uh, I, I found it quite difficult to get all this information because there was lots of um, places saying, "Hey, just calm down there. You shouldn't be building this. You're probably going to get put in the list." So like, fair enough. Sulfur. Sulfur's the problem. What was I, that you said about soap before? <laughs> it was a lie. Thank you very much. Oh, bravo, bravo, <laughs> senor. Ah, superb. So sulfur, sulfur <laughs> is the issue, is the issue. They have what's called natron. Natron is a sulfur compound used in mummification. So I was like, oh, cool. All right. Well, I can probably get that. But when I looked into that, it's not actually sulfur. It's like a sulfur, something else, sulfur manganese. And there's no way of turning it into elemental sulfur again. It's a, it's a compound. So I was like, oh, rubbish. So I kept looking around for where I can find sulfur. Mm-hmm. Where can I find sulfur? Does it, is sulfur naturally occurring in Egypt? Like, not, not, not really. No, it's a problem. So I was like, okay, Ooh, so can I trade? There's plenty in Yellowstone. 
Well, that's <laughs> and that's the thing. There's kind of there are places that do have it, but they're normally next to volcanoes and things. So. Yeah. The issue was how do I get the sulfur and trade potentially, but Egypt in 2500 BC, though they did have trading partners, I can't seem to find trading partners because people didn't use sulfur for anything particularly, though they understood. So that was my problem. I might be able to get sulfur one day, but I may not. It was just, it it became too hard. Right. It became too difficult. Mm -hmm. So I stopped. I was like, okay, well, I've been pooping in this bucket for 10 months and peeing in it and making everyone sad around me. Um, on, Please on, tell me that's not your invention. On Bird Pointy Finger Street in Memphis. But yes, I've had to give up black powder. Damn it. Next, iron smelting. We've done iron smelting before. Yeah, bog iron. Bog iron, exactly right. Again, the primitive technologies guy did that. And I'm like, oh, this is just what Greg was talking all about. Yeah, so we can do that. And I was like, and it's also roughly the same period of time, about 5,000 years ago. And, oh, I'm going to steal my own ideas. I'm going to smelt some iron. It's going to be great. One little problem. Uh, not a lot of bogs in Egypt and not a lot of bog iron in uh, Egypt. No big iron deposits that I could find. Got one big river, not a whole bunch of like stale, yeah. smelly water. Yeah. So I was like, ah, uh, could I get iron from somewhere else? Once again, trading, m- maybe, but probably not. And they weren't trading with the, they didn't really know about Britain or the people up there and other places. I just like, ah, I give up iron smelting. Very, very sad. Mm. By the way, they use copper and bronze weaponry. I did have an idea of if you cold work copper, you give it a good whack over time, you yep. can actually make it stronger. It becomes brittle, more brittle, but actually- what, just emotionally? Yes, yes. Just like people, you just keep hitting it, and in the end, it, it gets stronger, but more brittle. It becomes stronger. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah more, that's and, what... and more brittle. So uh, it's that could be <laughs> useful, that could be, but I don't think that was going to change their world. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, we, we know copper, we know bronze, buddy. We understand. Like, there's a good chance they were already whacking their copper around anyway. Like, I can't prove it, but I was just like, <laughs> I was, I moved on anyway. I moved on. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm in, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh, my ideas. I really am in a, in, in that a, wheel's looking pretty attractive. Yeah. Now, well, it? yeah. I'm getting it bogged into, into sand a lot. I was like, Oh no. And then I thought, well, what about the pyramids? What about, what about the pyramids? Like they're already, been, are they building the pyramids? I was like, check that. And I was like, Oh no, they're building the pyramids. In fact, the great pyramid of Giza is being built. Like they're onto pyramids. Ah. Cause I was like, oh, maybe they're only up to the point where they had like bent pyramids or step pyramids. And I could show them how to make a really cool pyramid. And then uh, the- up to the point. I get it. <clears throat> but unfortunately they were well ahead of me on pyramid construction. So I, All right. I, I moved on. I was like, oh, I can't, I don't know what to do. I had a really weird thought. It was actually a really funny way. I say, like, how do they survey things? What, how do they survey? Because yeah. they built pyramids. Straight lines are important yeah. when you're building pyramids. And they were pretty accurate. Like, they were pretty accurate, right? They were. I was. They, look, big f-ing triangles. You, yeah. you don't get big triangles without straight lines. And so they, the way they did it, they used similar triangles. So they knew that if you took a triangle and you had it of a certain angle, if you made a bigger version with the same angles, it's going to be exactly the same, just scaled up. So you just keep scaling everything up. So they didn't. Oh, un- yeah. They didn't yeah. understand trigonometry. But they understood geometry and they, they could geometrically, trigonometry as in angles of triangles and that sort of stuff. They didn't understand angles, mm. but they knew how it all worked because they make a triangle that's small and make one that's bigger. And it was just a bigger version of the first one. And they, they were very good at yeah. geometry. They, they had their geometry, but not trigonometry. So I was like, well, maybe I could teach them trigonometry. Problem with that is you either have to, like, if you say, you know, like Sokatoa, you know, the sine 
is opposite over hypotenuse of a triangle. So if you have an angle, the opposite line and the hypotenuse, mm-hmm. there's a ratio between them, mm-hmm. sine angle, so that is equal to opposite yep. of hypotenuse. That's fantastic. Yep. What does that mean? What does sine angle mean though? Well, cal- punch it in a calculator, it works. Or you look up a trigonometry table and- Yeah, like a, like a slide rule? Yeah. Is that and you, what those are for? And you check, and you check your trig tables. And you go, oh yeah, trig tables, great. So I was like, how easy it is to make a trig table? The answer is real hard. And to be honest, I'd rather not. And I don't want to do it. But can't you just draw a circle and then draw all the triangles and measure them and make the table? I, well, it's, it's easy to me. It's not. Well, it's it's calculating all the different opposites over hypotenuse of certain angles. It's 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 getting the ratios. You, they knew there was a ratio between. They knew that there was a a, a correlation of the ratios. They weren't stupid. Yeah. They just didn't know the numbers. They didn't have a system of degrees at this point. Mm-hmm. And that was when it occurred to me. I was like, they don't have a system of degrees. I understand degrees. I get that. Mm. There are 360 degrees in a circle. There are the internal angles of a triangle are always add up to 180 on our sort of space. These are things I understand, which I can start explaining to them. They're doing them on a geometrical level, but I can start giving them mm-hmm. more maths involved. So I so thought, maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's, it's getting in the more maths. But of course, they're doing it. My system doesn't make it better. It may lead to something. Someone may go Eureka and go somewhere else with it. But I was like, that's not enough. And then it occurred to me, and this is really like a a, a really a lightning strike of idea. It really was like, oh my God. I, I went, mm-hmm. how do you survey these things? How did they survey them? They, oh, they use water levels. They did all sorts of stuff. They, they had no way of making a spirit level, you know, like a little, a little, um, Oh, didn't a little have a sp- bubble in the pipe. Yeah, because you can't make it clear and it's hard to, it's, it's a modern invention. So I was like, well, how the heck were they doing this? A lot of water leveling, a lot of eyeballing it, a lot of sticks. So I was like, that's fascinating. Well, we, what do we use? We use a theodolite. Lasers. Well, we use lasers, but a laser, it's, it's connected to a theodolite. So a theodolite yes. is a device that allows you to survey mm-hmm. and you see them around, you see the, the people and they've got like a stick somewhere and they're surveying the heights of things and they're getting angles across things. And I was like, well, how complicated is a theodolite? And theodolites were made yeah. in the 16th century. So, yep. well, 16 AD, 16 wow, AD. That's, that's still quite old. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're, they're old, but I'm in 2500 BC. So, so yeah. I'm in 4,100 years earlier. So I was like, okay, can I make this? And the answer is absolutely I can. Cause all it, all it is, is, is a half a hemicircle of wood. Half a, a hemicircle? A, sorry, sorry. A, a, a semicircle of wood. Sorry. Not half a hemicircle. Half, right. take a circle, cut it in half, basically. That's what you want. And then you. Gotcha. So you've got that bit and that's your, and you put a little pipe on it. So that's your sighting part. Ah. There's your, a little, and they, they've got copper tubes. They've got that. Or it can be clay tube. I don't care. Just a small tube. And then you have to have Just a plump. Talk to El Nasir. Get our, get our friend El Nasir. He knows where you get good copper from in Egypt. The, you know, the guy who, 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 with the, the earliest known writing on the planet is like a complaint oh, letter right. yes. from a guy named Enosir right. about, the, about the quality of the copper. Like, this copper's bullshit. It's true. There you go. Look, I, I'll, I'll bring it up with him if I see him when I go back. Next thing is a plumb bob. So a plumb bob is just a piece of string with a, a weight attached. Oh, yeah, it just hangs. just hangs. So then when you ever, if you ever move the horizontal, like if you ever move the, make sure the piece of string is up against the wood. And then when you move it up and down, ah. you've got, it, it hangs straight down. You have an angle. And you just need to mark so it. You always know what down is. Yes. And using that, you can deduce where up is. Yes. And you've got an angle now between the plane of the wood and the, the piece of string hanging down. There's an angle there. That gives you your angle. And you can put that, you can actually mark it on the piece of wood. This is something they didn't do. 
they hadn't worked this out. How do you work out the circumference of a circle? Do you remember that one? Uh, you divide it into bits. It's a, there's a formula for it. Uh, the, oh, pi, pi, r, pi, r, something. Pi r squared? It's not pi r squared. That's for the area of a circle. It's two pi r. It's, it's, it's two pi, yeah. Two pi r. That's a simple. So if you know the radius of the circle, which you could, you could measure, like you could. Tor. Tor. Is that, that's, it's tor, right? Two pi r. Uh, tor, two, two pi. It's, it's tor r. Tor R. So Tor is, yeah, Tor is double pi. Oh, no, no. You're perfect t- for this. Uh, you're talking about, um, no, it's not Tor, it's, it's, it's pi and tau. It's, tau. It's, oh, I've only seen it written down. Tau, yeah, that's, oh, there you go. It's, it's, yeah, tau, tau R. Yes, two pi. So pi, because pi is half of, half tau? Tau. Yes. Yeah. So technically it's tau R. Uh, well, let's not get confusing with this. Two pi R. I know how to work that one. And. Okay. See, that gives you the circumference of the circles. You can work out the circumference. We know how many degrees in a circle, 360. So now you can work it out. Mm-hmm. So you can calculate, you can do some basic maths, and you can work out how many centimetres each degree will be, depending on how big your piece of wood is. And you can mark those on your semicircle of wood. So you can have the number of degrees. So I can say, well, this number of degrees, that'll be from horizontal up. So I can say, okay, well, for that pyramid, is this many degrees? And you can start doing some mm-hmm. pretty cool maths of that. So you can you can um, survey it very cleanly. You can then also work out, you can also do the same thing, put a circle on the ground and do 360 degrees all around and ha- attach it to a, the your vertical, sorry, your horizontal one to a stick. So now you've got the vertical angle and the horizontal angle as well. So you can say 25 ah. degrees off this direction, that's where the pyramid starts. And it's at this elevation yep. or this height. You can start doing the math and work that out, put it into the triangles. Once again, trigonometry makes it difficult, but you can still work it out. And you've got a theodolite now that works. And so you plot any place in, yeah. in, the, in, in XYZ. Yes, exactly. And you could, you could, and you can get it very, very accurately, much more accurately than they were doing it back then, even though they were doing it remarkably accurately. But it's not just so that you can work out heights. Yeah, but now they don't need the help of those aliens. <laughs> It's true. So you can start using a similar triangle technology that they had because I can't create a trig table. They could use their, what they knew of geometry and what I'd given them to start working out the heights of things using angles. They could brute force it where I, in the modern era, I'd use trig. So it's fine. So they, they'd find that useful. And the thing that I concerned about, I didn't even think about this until I, much later, astronomy. You could, you can work out. Oh, because you can point at stars. You can point at uh, anything. One of them. Yes. And you can go at 7 p.m. Wait, what? You just blew my mind. <laughs> at 7 p.m., you just point it in the sky and say, well, there's Jupiter at 7 p.m. on this day. And the next day you chart it a bit differently and you say at 7 p.m., Jupiter was here. At 7 p.m., Jupiter's here. And you have a really accurate, really, 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 really accurate view of the night sky. And that goes into tables. Now, the person I know who did that was Tycho Brahe. And that was much, much later. Like, is that the guy for, who wrote Penny Arcade? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. He's very famous for that. And also his, mm. his running feud with, um, with Kepler. That, that two things he's well known for. Is that the guy who wrote Control Alt Delete? <laughs> he's like 1580 something. So now I'm, now I'm inventing a book of astronomical information where things in the sky three, four thousand years before Tycho Bray did it. And that will lead, hopefully, to clever people, more clever people than me getting much further in astronomy much earlier. And that's it. That's how I'm going to save myself in the past this time. I'm going to create a theodolite, which will allow me to advance astronomy and help them build even more cool pyramids. Not the wheel. You are so selfless in this segment that involves being really greedy and 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 making the absolute 
financial best of the situation. Oh, I think I think that if I if I can come to them and say, look, this is the Odalite, I make it, and they take it to them and go, look, this thing is amazing, they will go, that's impressive. Yes, treat me like some sort of god. Pay you accordingly. I, I, exactly. Well, at least at least try and pay me. I can go, look, I'm a mathematician. I can help you with this. I can I can make this work for you. That's that's how I will survive in this world. So I will very 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 quickly get to move out of or at least renovate Birdie Point, Pointy Finger Street and probably buy all the houses all around there. And uh, that's how I'm going to pimp the time. Nice. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And Greg at smartenough.org. You can go to the website and click on the, all the buttons and stuff. I do have some apologies to make. Uh-oh. Gregoire. Uh-oh. Oh yes, yes. Because in the in the big two hundred episode, mm. after that, Steve Stewart contacted me to tell me that I accidentally included him in the list of non-abused patrons. <gasps> so I owe him a planet-based insult. You really do. Oh no. And uh, I've already used up all the good ones, Greg. <laughs> so um, Steve Stewart, uh, you are like Eris. You're not cool enough to be Xena. Sure. They're cool. Eris is a pretty cool dwarf planet, though. Yeah, but not cool enough to be Xena. They wouldn't let it be Xena. No, no, they wouldn't. No, no, it's true. They they really wouldn't. And also, an apology to Eloise. Apparently, I left some swears in the episode last time. Ooh. I'm not sure how I did that, but I'll do my best to keep these monkey-fighting swears off this melon-farming podcast. <laughs> and as we always like to say... All hail the tortoise.